What's going on, everyone? This is Realtor Joe Simona. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Cup of Joe. Today, I have with me a longtime friend and someone that provides a couple of different services related to the same field, Joey Barish with Prime Appraisals. Joey, you want to introduce yourself to everyone and tell them what you do? First of all, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. I've been a licensed appraiser since 2014. Uh, got in the appraisal industry actually 2010 as an apprentice. Um, I've been doing a lot of these. Um, I do for the banks. I do for private uh, people, like uh, for an estate, uh, for attorneys, um, divorce situations, uh, helping people fight taxes. Um, and a lot of times, too, just helping realtors uh, with their questions, values, and stuff like that. Got it. And you're also a realtor as well, correct? I'm also a licensed realtor. Don't hold that against me, but yes, I am. <laughs> it's it's all all the more knowledge. Exactly. Knowledge is key and knowledge is power. Were you a licensed realtor before or after uh, you became a licensed appraiser? Actually, it was right around the same time, 2010, because I just figured that they worked hand in hand. And with being a realtor and an appraiser by, you know, pulling comps all day, I just felt like it was just a perfect fit to just do them both. Got it. Now, did you always have to be licensed? Were appraisers always required to be licensed, or did that start after the 08-09 era? Yeah. So that's a great question. So it got more rigorous after 07-08. Um, actually, my exam in 2014 was one of the most uh, difficult ones. It was six hours. Um, you had to have a college degree um, to become certified FHA. Um, but lately, in the past couple of years, they've actually made it less stringent on the exam and the hours due to lack of appraisers going into our industry because it's such a, a hard barrier uh, to entry to our uh, profession. That's that's interesting information. It, I hope this question makes sense. Is it a lack of appraisers going into the industry, and is it appraisers leaving the industry, or is it the influx of sales and uh back in 2020, 2021, and I'm sure soon, refinances that require more appraisals. Which one do you think it is more of? So honestly, it's all of the above. So what happened is a lot of guys retired during COVID. That was number one. And the thing with being an appraiser is you cannot get your license unless you're an apprentice. And a lot of appraisers just don't have the time to train someone because what happens in our industry is when you train someone, Nine out of 10 times, they don't stay with your company. They just go do it on their own and they just sign up with banks. And you just spent, you know, a year or two years with this person and they're gone. So there is no really benefit. So years, uh, about three, four years ago, my wife came to me who has a college degree, actually a master's degree and said, why are you wasting your time training this person or that person? It's not that, you know, I didn't want to be a nice person and not train anyone, but she's like, why don't you just train me and we'll just do it together. So uh, since 2018, 2019, she's been with me and we've been working hand-to-hand, hand -hand, side-by-side. And it, it, it's really sad for our industry because when there is a refi boom, Joe, we just don't have time to train somebody. And it, it, it's really going to affect us, you know, 10 years from now when there just won't be that many appraisers anymore. Is there a um, a group or what's the board of appraisers, I guess, called? So we have a few. So we have like um, the Appraisal Institute, and then we actually have an appraisal board. And then we have, um, which those are in Washington, and then we have the actual state of Michigan that actually 
you know, governs our entire profession, just like as realtor. Um, I just feel like for appraisers, it's, it's, it's just a little bit more strict um, due to banking laws and, and fair lending and stuff like that. Got it. That's, uh, that's great information. Do you think that the, or do they, does the state or any other organizations provide classes to bring more, more knowledge to what happens in appraisals and what goes on during appraisals? Do, do, uh, do you th- see any of that happening or does that happen? So lately, because of social media, there are certain things, but really it's more lately on us. So like I'll do these podcasts with certain realtors or a lot of realtors will have me to their office and I'll do like an hour meeting to try to help realtors, especially the ones that are just getting in the industry. I mean, I did one a few months ago at a local office and some of the realtors didn't even know what an appraisal was, you know, especially if you're working on, let's say, the list side, you know, you're not really too concerned about the buyer getting that appraisal. All you really care about is, is the appraisal coming to value? So sometimes you have to just sit back with these people and and, and teach them, say, hey, you need to tell your clients this and you need to tell your clients that before the appraisal. You have to be proactive. You can't just, you know, sell a house and just, you know, just willy nilly and the appraiser comes and then maybe there's repairs or there's certain things that maybe that homeowner, that seller, that borrower didn't inform me, the appraiser, and that could really have an effect on their value. I mean, I've seen your, you talked about doing uh, private appraisals, uh, pre-listing appraisals. Correct. And all of those. I've seen you do private appraisals. I've seen private appraisals that you've done. And there's a lot of detail that goes into appraisals. I put a lot of details into my CMAs, uh, comparable market analysis. But what goes into an appraisal is truly like mind blowing. You have, you know, how many decks there are and um, how many square feet the deck is. And if the porch or, you know, patio is covered or uncovered. And if there's, uh, you know, granite countertops mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, or updated countertops for that matter. So there's a lot that goes into appraisals. One of the questions that I have that other realtors I'm sure have and that purchasers who may be listening to this or sellers or anyone may have anyone is you have a home that's a three-bedroom home. You have a home that's a four-bedroom home. Is there a standard formula for how you adjust the subject property? The home you are appraising is three bedrooms, and the only thing you could compare it to is a four-bedroom. Is there a formula on how you adjust that? Because can your adjustment be, or would you be shocked if different appraisers had different adjustments within reason? So what I always tell people is, if you put 20 of us in a room, you're going to get a different value and you're going to get different adjustments. So that's a great question you brought up. A lot of realtors ask me, so is it just $10,000 for a bedroom? Well, you can't just throw a number out there. So first of all, you have to see if that extra item, bedroom, amenity, pool, bathroom, whatever it is, you have to see what that market, your neighborhood would pay for that extra thing. Okay, let's call this one a bedroom. So what I first have to do is 
find out if there is a negative or positive effect on marketability for having a four bedroom versus a three. In certain cities, there is. And if I can extract that adjustment by taking a three bedroom comp and a four bedroom comp, making all my adjustments, and at the end, seeing a difference, and let's say it is 10,000 or 20,000, then I know that that extra bedroom is worth, let's say $20,000. If I go in a neighborhood where they're paying the same price for a three bedroom as a four bedroom, considering all things are equal, I don't make an adjustment. Now, there's a lot of neighborhoods, especially in Michigan, where your two bedroom really, really gets way less than a three bedroom. Three bedrooms in Michigan is basically your average. So that's really our benchmark. Now, yesterday I was doing an appraisal. The lady had a two bedroom on the golf course with a view of a pond. It really took me a long time to find a two bedroom comp. I had to go out uh, further in, in, in distance. I had to go out further in time. I was able to extract an adjustment, but it wasn't as much as I thought it was. Um, a lot of homes in that area are more empty nesters who live on these golf courses, a little bit more affluent neighborhoods. So it didn't really affect it that much as, let's say, when you're in Ferndale or Hazel Park. Two-bedroom to three-bedroom is huge. Basement to no basement is huge. So it just depends on the marketability of that neighborhood of that certain amenity. We just can't just throw out a number. And a lot of realtors like doing that. And when you're doing your CMA and, and you're one of the few that actually does adjustments, and, and actually I'm not saying this because I'm on your podcast today, but you're actually very good with your adjustments. If you don't have access to an appraiser and your listing appointment is the next day, yeah, you can throw 10000 20000 and just try to get close to help your client with a suggested list price or to help your client make an offer. But again, you have to be within reason. Oh, absolutely. And what some people don't know, um, you know, a lot of agents don't know are things that most appraisers, I hope, know. For example, a bedroom on the main living areas of the home, for lack of better words, would you say that it's worth more than a bedroom in the basement? 100%. Yeah, so a lot. Actually, in Michigan, uh, sorry to cut you off, we don't count bedrooms in the basement. Um, like the house I did yesterday that I'm talking about, she had two bedrooms on the main, two bedrooms in the finished walkout. We count bathrooms and sometimes kitchens. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have not made a decision. Well, for Michigan, um, there is. Um, to, if a bedroom below grade in the basement is counted as a bedroom, it's not. So if you have a two-bedroom home and one bedroom in the basement, even though you have an egress window, you can't call it a three-bedroom. There's a lot of realtors that do, and I always urge them that at least in the remarks, please put on there for the buyer, for the appraiser, that third bedroom is located in the ba in the basement. We do not count it, even if it's a finished walkout. A lot of people, a lot of agents, buyers and sellers alike, don't know that the appraiser sees the purchase agreement when purchasing a property. First, is that a... Is that on a national level, if if you know? And also, how different would the values be if the appraiser did not see the purchase agreement? Is that what caused what happened in 08 and 09 to happen? So that's a great question. 
for refinances, we don't know the value of what that person needs to hit to get their refinance to go through. Nationwide, for a purchase, yes, we see the price. We actually have to analyze the purchase agreement. There's a spot on the first page of the appraisal report where we have to analyze the PA. So that's a great point. Does it kind of sway our number? Yes and no. If I know a house sold for, let's say, 500000 and I do all my adjustments and I'm ready to um, scientifically use my mathematical method to get my final value, and let's say it's 497000 So I've been told this many times. I'm good, but I'm not that good, right? So maybe I could rework my numbers. You know, sometimes you don't want to kill a deal for $3,000. If for some reason... It's just not worth it. Then I just put 497. It's not worth 500. I don't have enough support. However, if the support is there and I could kind of tweak my adjustments and hit that 500,000, it's okay. But a lot of times when you don't know the number, honestly, who knows what that number can come in at. But when you have the purchase price, it does give you a little bit of a benchmark. I kind of wish we didn't have that number. That way, we can just do it totally on the numbers and our comps and our adjustments and our own merit. But sometimes I do like it in this case where if I'm off by a few thousand, at least I know, hey, can I make it work? I'll try to make it work. But if it just doesn't, it just doesn't. Because don't forget our license is on the line. We're liable for up to seven years on any appraisal that we've done. Wow. Do, do you ever not look at the purchase price until after you've maybe completed your initial review of the appraisal to see how far, you know, if you're off or if you're on. I know you can you can adjust within reason. If you find justification Correct. to adjust just based on the last scenario that you yeah. gave us, you can adjust within reason. Correct. But do you ever not look at the purchase price and the, do your calculations – and then say, you know, I did my initial review. Now I'm going to look at the purchase price. Right. So a lot of times what I do is I'll pull my comps and kind of get an idea in my head first and be like, okay, I'm, I'm right around this number. Then I'll look at the purchase price. And I'll be like, oh, wow, okay, that's good. But lately what I've been doing, which I don't know if some realtors would agree with this or not, but we're allowed to go out um, a, a full year for comps. If we're looking for something in particular, we can go out two years. However, as you know, because you, you as your, your colleagues were very busy this past summer, there was a unicorn month of May to June. Those 30 days, the values were skyrocketing. So lately that I've been doing appraisals that we've seen a market shift, as you know, I've really been concentrating on the past 90 to 120 days to get my comps whether I look at the purchase price or not, because you have to paint the picture to the bank, to the buyer, and to the seller of what the values are now. And I guarantee you, because it's been happening to me lately, if you look at comps from that month of May, your value is so, so much higher from that one month. It was such a crazy month that I really don't think that those values are, are indicative of today's time. They're just not. You told me many times during the summer where, especially that month where your clients were paying over asking price, 20, 30, 40, 50,000. 
That's just not the case anymore. Am I right? I think the prices have stabilized, although they may be high, and they are are high. Um, My concern is what's going to happen to the market when, because I truly believe the rates drop. I I agree with you. We just don't know when. We just don't. We just don't know when. And uh, regardless of political affiliation, I everybody just happens to believe it's going to happen this year sometime because of the presidential election. Correct. Have you ever had an appraisal ordered on a property where they were previously offered an appraisal waiver, which is technical award is PIW property inspection waiver has nothing to do with the home inspection, but the appraisal. Have you ever been sent out on an appraisal because the purchaser did not accept the appraisal waiver from the lending institution? No. The only time that has happened is the buyer, the buyer or the buyer's agent would call me and say, listen, the appraisal was waived, but these people just want to know for their peace of mind, can you just do us a private appraisal? We just want to know, are we paying the right price? Are we paying too much? Are we paying too little? But from the actual institution, no. Once there's no appraisal, there's no appraisal. But a lot of times the buyers will call me because they're worried. You know, maybe it was the highest and best situation, Joe, and maybe they paid a little bit too much. Or maybe they just want to know. Got it. Yeah, no, I think maybe once they actually, the buyer waives the right to an appraisal, then maybe that option is not available. But I do know when you get a, uh, when there is an appraisal waiver that the, buyer has the option to not accept that, but they'll go with the lesser of the values. And the reason why an appraisal is imperative and why the banks order them is, for example, if you're putting 5% down, and let's say your purchase price is $300,000, if the house appraises at $280,000, the bank is going to lend you 95% of 280. Not 300. Not 300. And if the house appraises at $315,000, you're not going to get that $15,000 in your pocket. Correct. I have seen it happen before, though, where the house ha- appraised for five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000. I mean, it's happened higher, but right. in certain situations where the purchasers needed funds for closing Correct. and could have used more. So now that we know that that three hundred thousand dollar purchase price, that home appraised for three hundred and nine thousand or three hundred and ten thousand, right. you use that number. We we change the purchase price to yep. three hundred and ten thousand dollars and add ten thousand in for concessions. Yep. Especially, Which right now is a great strategy to help buy down the rate. Got it. That's that's a lot of uh, good information, Joe. Before we wrap up on your, what do you like to do outside of this on your free time outside of uh, appraisals? So we do work a lot, especially when it's busy. Um, I have three teen, three teenagers that keep me busy. Uh, they're very big in sports. Um, between Our Lady of Refuge and Orchard Lake St. Mary's, um, playing basketball. I'm in a basketball league. We have actually basketball tonight. Um, stuff like that. And honestly, just you know, going to networking events and um, you know, just spending time with my family. Uh, very uh, church oriented as well. Um, I sit on the finance council for Mother of God Church. I've been finance council member since 2016. Um, it's been very, very re- rewarding. Um, it was uh, actually, you know, Mother of God Church that you hold dear to your heart as well. Um, and that kind of keeps me a little bit busy too. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that yeah. you sit on the uh, yeah. finance uh, committee there. Yeah. You mentioned something uh, 
earlier on in the podcast that you, you know, help people with appraisals for tax appeals. Sure. I was actually appointed to the board of review for the city of Novi. So Congratulations. Thank you very much. So that's, uh, that's very interesting that you yeah. do that as well. And yep. very nice. Joe, I thank you so much for coming on here. You gave a lot of valuable information. I believe life is a learning experience. Uh, my dad, God rest his soul, would always say that every day you learn and every day is a learning experience. Although he was a teacher, uh, you know, that's what his job was. He was a teacher beside having uh, family-owned businesses. So you taught me a lot. You continue to teach me a lot. And above all, your friendship means a lot. Before we close out, can you tell everybody how they can reach you? Uh, yes. Um, so we do have a website. Um, just Google Prime Appraisals. Um, my phone number will be listed on the, on the bottom of the screen. Like I mentioned before, um, even if you just have a listing or you just need help pulling comps, I offer that service. Uh, we provide sketch services. If you just don't know how big that house is or your um, seller says, hey, I, I think my house is bigger than this. So before we list it, let's get Joe out here to measure it. Um, Tax appeals, uh, divorce uh, um, situations, which are unfortunate. Um, sometimes when a family member dies, a CPA will call me and say, hey, we just need a value for the trust. Um, all, all, all that stuff um, I do. And honestly, if you know if anyone just has a general question, you know, I just don't mind helping. So I really appreciate you having me on. And um, I hope you know other realtors do reach out for me or the, uh, reach out to me or the general public. Um, I feel that I'm really good at what I do. Um, I've been doing this for a really long time, and um, I really enjoy um, teaching uh, appraisals. It's, it's really my passion. So thank you for having me today. We appreciate you coming on. Everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Cup of Joe. Stay tuned for the next one.